Welcome back, SOSers. Welcome back. Oh my God, look at y'all. You guys look so good. <laughs> look at yourself. <laughs> How do you look at yourself today? <laughs> look in the mirror. You're gorgeous. <laughs> look at yourself. You're looking fine. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, it's all about self-confidence here because we're literally going to go into how low self-esteem artists, specifically actors, are in this fucked up world in this industry where you're trying to find yourself and express yourself, but you're also being molded into a product that really is meaningless. And it's just <laughs> you're being told that by people who carry their own trauma and no one wants to talk about it. But we are. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. And we um, have an amazing guest. She um, graduated from the same college I did. Uh, I'm so lucky to know her, Brianna Rosado. She's a social worker who focuses on psychotherapy and and she was an actor. She was an actor that uh, experienced the same sort of trauma that we're going to be talking about today and decided to, like, change the narrative and use that experience to help other people um, with their with the baggage that they could come from their artist life or whatever life and whatever background, mm -hmm. age. And it's really interesting. Yeah, it's a good conversation. A really good one. So... Let's welcome Brianna. Buckle up. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Brianna, for being here. It's been so yes. long since I've seen your beautiful face. And I'm so, <laughs> I'm so happy that you're here to talk about something that like Molly, like I brought this up like not long ago about yeah. uh the toxicity in the world and in the industry of acting. And um I know you like I've been seeing a lot of it like through TikToks and stuff like that where people are starting to realize, like, oh actors are really vulnerable and fucked up like and like <laughs> trying to figure out why and I'm like wow this is a, my own reckoning because I want to stay in the field but I also have to kind of like yeah. acknowledge what's fucked up so well, and what so, I thought was yeah. interesting Alyssa when you even first brought this up to me was you were talking about just the the education system <laughs> of people studying to be actors in school you're not even talking we all know hollywood itself is messed up and like mm -hmm. everyone and and there's a lot to dive into with that and i know that's like it's crossover with what we're talking about but i wasn't aware of like even that like you were going over acting exercises that you did in <laughs> classes and just like icebreaker exercise <laughs> i mean i've never this is foreign to me because i've never <laughs> been involved in acting or yeah. um and so yeah that's that's what's really disturbing and i think a lot of people don't know that because everybody knows Oh, Hollywood's a messed up industry, but you don't Try. even think about like kids in college in like their theater class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in a so, university yeah. in Jersey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, like yeah. right. you're no matter where you are, you're uh, you're going to feel, I don't know, manipulate. I don't know if manipulated is, a, is like too strong of a word, but. Before we get into all of the juicy stuff, um, I want to start with your SOS moment, Brianna. Like what? Um, uh -huh. Yeah. What is your SOS moment today? Um, my moment would definitely have to be right after graduating from college um, as a musical theater major and essentially realizing that after dedicating, I mean, the majority of my life to the performing arts after dedicating eight years on my professional training, because I also went to a performing arts high school. Oh, yeah. um, after dedicating eight years, deciding I didn't want to be an actress. I didn't, I didn't want to pursue this. I did not. Um, it was not what I wanted to do long term. So definitely a huge 
um, you know, self-identity. Yeah. Scary moments. Something that I had, like I said, had been really, you know, a grounding point for me throughout my whole life. Something that, like you said, um, was part of my identity, Mm -hmm, right. mm -hmm. To feel suddenly so disconnected from that, um, was scary and, um, was a a really tough point. So, yeah. and in going back, obviously, we'll we'll get into when how yeah. that moment happened um, sure. to start. What were the reasons that you even wanted to pursue acting to begin with? Um, well, uh, it's funny. I had actually said to Alyssa the other day that reflecting and kind of preparing myself to talk to you guys, I sort of realized how therapy and art has kind of always intertwined in my life since I was very, very young. So I'm an only child um, grew up with, you know, a family that did struggle with mental health, um, at the time, obviously didn't really recognize that I was a kid. It was really something I didn't really begin to understand until later in life. But so, um, as a kid singing and dancing and participating in school plays became my therapy. Um, you know, I, like I said, I'm an only child, so I was kind of shy, kind of, it it wasn't until like middle school, high school that I really started to come out of my shell. And if it wasn't for theater, wasn't for the family and friends that I created through theater, I, I really don't think I would be who I am or where I am. So mm-hmm. um, I I kind of found myself through those experiences. Um, yeah. And in hindsight, that was really, you know, a therapeutic kind of experience for me as a kid, helping me to come out of my shell and, um, just became hooked, um, really felt that it was a strength of mine and, you know, everything just kind of clicked. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. It's so interesting too, because, um, once you find that kind of, confidence in yourself and, and you're like, wow, yeah. I, I, I'm being, I, I'm expressing myself and I'm yes. finding people that are, have the same exactly. uh, moments that I'm having a, a metamorphosis of such, you know? Yeah. So the found family aspect of it is like adds yeah. to like the stakes. I don't know. Like, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's like when you find like, it, it's, it's a family, like the people yeah. that you go, that you're in um, shows with and the people that are in your class, um, oh, yeah everyone's kind of going through the same thing. So you get addicted to it as a, in a community communal. Definitely. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and like with that, like, do you think like, how long did it start taking you to kind of seeing like red flags when it came to the industry itself? This could have been in college. This could have been in just shows that you've been in since high school. Were there things that you were kind of noticing were like, this is giving me therapy, but this is also like making me want to go into therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. I'd, I'd say that definitely was not until college. Um, you know, reflecting back on my experiences as a child, you know, like being in dance classes, taking voice lessons, um, being in the performing arts high school, as a teenager, I mean, up until college, all of those experiences were purely, the word I'm looking for, like just for my own passion and Mm -hmm. my own growth and my own connection with my friends and, 
you know, it, it only felt natural to pursue it in college because I knew nothing else. Yeah. I, I mm. felt as though it was my biggest strength and, you know, I couldn't even imagine trying anything else, doing anything else. So, um, it wasn't until college that I really, I think it set in that there was this concept of an industry and, you know, maybe that's a fault of my own or it, at this point it doesn't matter, but that side of it, making it my career mm -hmm. truly wasn't on the forefront of my mind, which, you know, in hindsight was problematic, <laughs> but it's just kind of how it goes, how, how it played out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I kind of want to get into, and you feel free to like, if you're like not comfortable getting into specifics mm -hmm. about like things, because I want the audience that like, yeah. you know, that doesn't know what kind of what we mean by the toxicity of these departments and acting studios and, you know, forget about when you're actually in shows and, and, and what can happen on set or on stage, but like specific things that could happen, you know, are things like at our alma mater, you know, I, there was an issue with a lot of things. Fat phobia. There was an issue with racism, sexism, of course, Absolutely. homophobia. Um, mm. You know, they would they would whitewash a lot of us. My personal experience was really rough because, you know, I had a professor tell me, uh, tell me and not tell me in the same way that I should dye my hair so I can be in a show that's a family oh. of white people so I can dye my hair lighter so I can probably so I can maybe be cast and it didn't work anyway because it's just they had a very very um uh I don't know like specific way they wanted to tell it which was uh, a standard white version of, of of storytelling for a lot of it oh, um absolutely there, there were times where I don't, I won't say the teacher, but there was like an exercise and I was telling Molly about this. This is fucked up. There was an <laughs> exercise in, in an acting class where, uh, we had to tell insults to each other. Mm. Like we had to, they, there's two people standing in, up in, uh, in front of the room and you have to like insult the next person. And they use in that front insult of the entire class in front of the entire class. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And I don't know if you did this. <laughs> just... I, I don't think I did, but I, I can imagine it. And it got absolutely, it got fucked up. And this is a teacher that we all, um, really trusted. Like we, this is a mm. beloved teacher. This is not just the ones that really are blatantly manipulative and yeah. blatantly abusive. This is like one that you fucking loved and trusted, but we didn't see how mm. toxic this was. It got to a point where we had a white student and a black student up there and our teacher just wanted us to go further further especially with those two that let's go further not going further with the insults and we knew it we knew what she meant and it wasn't until and the white student was very uncomfortable knew what the teacher wanted this them to say yeah. and they said it they called the other person the n-word and there was no Ugh. there was no talk back afterwards there was no That's huge obviously with the black fuck no with the black student like there was no like, consent on their part to be told that and there was no like digesting or processing what that fucking was it was just well you're in the industry like what are you gonna do yeah. take it so absolutely yeah i wonder how like you feel about hearing that and also things that you want to share that kind of are examples of the toxicity that kind of absolutely. exist yeah. I mean, um, I had experiences like 
that in the sense of just being super invalidated. Um, how I felt about things didn't matter. You know, you, like you said, it becomes the industry. You have to suck it up. You have to figure it out. I mean, there were plenty of times where, you know, it, it was like we had done these really vulnerable, really mm. um, difficult exercises. And then class was over and you had to just fucking go to Spanish and figure it out. See, that's what I'm like. When it's, it's like really yeah. exploited, exploited it because yeah. it's like oh, you don't yeah. it's like you're you're diving into what what you might need to address in therapy, for example. And yet you don't address it anymore. You're just like. Ah, there's one of your buttons, one of your triggers. Oh, look, exactly. you're really. Oh, now, yeah. yeah, like you said, go to Spanish. Like, just go yeah, now, just... walk away. That's really dangerous emotionally Absolutely. and for anyone, let alone college age people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I had a lot of experiences like that where, you know, I felt uncomfortable and just was told it was me and that, you know, this was something I would have to get used to. The industry's tough. You have to develop a tough skin. And I really spent so many years believing it was me and my own inadequacy right. to handle it or to, you know, uh, it. Yeah. I mean, there there was um, so connecting to my SOS moment, I, I felt like there were a lot of little SOSs kind of leading up to mm -hmm. graduating college. And, you know, speaking of feeling invalidated, a memory that always comes to mind is, you know, my sophomore year, I remember the vision that I had for my career, what it was going to be like, how it was going to go, you know, the, um, this vision started to, started to crack right? That I, I started to feel really disconnected from my work, from myself. Um, and I decided to go and to speak to our program director mm. about this, mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. about feeling unhappy, feeling confused, not only about my place within the program itself, which is a, another topic of conversation yeah. about toxicity, but, um, you know, just feeling very disconnected. I didn't know where to go from here. And so I approached them about this and was literally told to get over myself. And <sighs> they were like, you just need to suck it up. You just need to get mm -hmm. through this. It's not going to last forever. You know, it's just a moment of confusion. You'll get over it. And their solution or their motivating their motivation tool to help me was to essentially pit me against my peers. Yeah. Um, they were like, okay, who are some of the upperclassmen that you admire or that you look up to outdance them, outsing them, um, you know, compete with them specifically in class for roles or, you know, if you're going um, across the floor in a dance class, you know, quite literally, you know, pitch yourself against them, compete with mm. them. What? That was supposed to make me feel better. I, I left that meeting completely just even more confused, even more, you know, it just reinforced that this is me. Something's wrong with me. I can't handle it. You know, such a mind right. fuck because like we're taught yeah. 
in these programs to create family like you are an ensemble mm -hmm. like yeah you know and then you get told that you have to like compete with them and out dance and out sing and whatever the fuck and it's just like <laughs> well now i'm confused are they my family or are right. they my competition do you, you know and you have to kind of navigate both well yeah. and it's interesting because right. by nature of a performing career like that they they are both and that doesn't yeah. have to be unhealthy because that's just like you're performing i mean if you're going for the same role that's what competition is but sure. but then when it's when it's capitalized on by the instructors and the industry itself it easily and quickly becomes toxic because like they're yeah. in it there is a healthy way for creatives to feed each other and be family and competition Absolutely. and that's what pushes you but Absolutely. um but yeah this is obviously very not that at all and Absolutely. that is it's so interesting because even in high school i i did um because i was in a small town and so there were only so many outlets i was never a musical theater fan but there were only so many outlets for me knowing i want to sing so i did um in high school i did uh musicals and yeah. it was always like it's like a cult almost like there's just like <laughs> you're everyone's yeah. really close and everyone but everyone is also it's it's so clicky it's so judgmental yeah. it's very you cannot break through if i, I was always wanting to do r&b and like that kind of me that was my thing I, i'm not like a musical theater personality or voice mm -hmm. even and but i yeah. loved singing more than honestly most of the people there and so but i was like always felt like judged or an outsider or like well she's not really one of us and it's like so weird because i also had i loved that was my outlet like i loved performing and and i had also had muse uh one of the most awful people to me in my life was my music teacher in high school i mean like <laughs> uh, to this day like the cruelest things that were said to me and and done to me as a yeah, like someone growing up wanting to create and and it's interesting hearing it in the acting world because i mean i remember uh my freshman year of high school um we auditioned for the next year's choirs and there there was a one choir you had to it was like the top choir you had to audition for it so i had my audition and it's just me and this woman my teacher in the room and i finish and she verbatim says to me i will never forget this she says to me molly i'm gonna be honest with you that was um that's probably the best audition I've heard, but I have, I can't let you into the class because I have an issue with how you dress. <laughs> and let me tell yeah. you, when I was 14 years old, I mean, I've always been thin, but I literally looked like an eight-year-old boy, had no curves, I wasn't showing off cleavage. I had, I literally, my parents wouldn't let me out of the house with a skirt too short. Like, it, it yeah. those so are the, and wait, I was a so woman. wanted you to like dress more like, a, like, like sexually? They wanted you to like no, show. No, no, no. Yeah. No, they thought I dressed too sex too oh. provocatively. Wow. So she was like she and be, and she had issues. I wasn't like spending my lunches in the choir room. I wasn't a musical theater person, but I you that's what I mold. wanted to do with my life. My whole life was singing all wow. I cared. But yeah, she she thought I she would give me a big shirt to put on when I walked in the choir room. She oh my God. Um, she tried <sighs> Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. And so I she was she tried to not let me audition for the musical because it was my grandpa's funeral and uh my grandma's funeral a lot of stuff but um yeah i mean yeah like, I, I actually never really I, I think about that all the time but now hearing your guys's stories about the theater and an acting industry in general i'm like 
there are so many in the industry itself when you when you become when you're in, in the actual professional industry is messed up but then we're just talking about the education system and there are people instructors that these young kids like it's all they have especially when you're in high school and college before you can even get out and live where you want to live like i'm in a yeah. small town and it's like i only have all i can do is be in choir and there's one choir teacher in the town like i don't have an option and so you hope for the support from this person and you're just like at their mercy mm -hmm. oh yeah it makes sense too it's like the clickiness that happens because it's fucking real it's like we're taught to have that mentality because it's a it's it's so doggy dog like every if you're if you don't love it as much as i do then you don't fucking love it like yeah. you know what i mean Absolutely. like you're like Absolutely. i fucking deserve that part because i want it more you know what i mean like like you're yeah. what who are you you just you're just the singer that wants to come and like yeah i, I yeah. mean i get that like that, that fucking happens even in when you're that's your major like even yeah. in our own school that would happen it's just like yeah. oh you, you want to minor in something else or you have other interests <laughs> fuck you right yeah. right yeah you're not uh -uh. serious enough about it absolutely and that clickiness i think also is problematic because it normalizes all of this really fucked up stuff yes. because you're all in it together and you don't want to be the odd person out that says I'm not comfortable with this or I don't I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so it just continuously normalizes things that are unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I totally agree that you put your trust in these teachers. Yeah. Um, that was a big thing for me, too. It's just that, you know, I wanted to trust my instructors. I I wanted to put my faith in them that if I did what they said, if I came to class and really committed myself to my training, then I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just crazy to think that after class is over, that there's no accountability whatsoever for what happened in class. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just class is over. Yeah, that's a really like, fucked up. But there was like, uh, uh, there was like a moment yeah. where we had to do these like, auto dramas did you have to do auto dramas i don't think so there was one where it was just like we had to do a performance about something crazy like deep in our lives that happened which is already okay. like when you're an acting teacher asking that of somebody it's like shit's gonna be exposed that you're probably not ready to yeah. deal with and, a, and right. a student um had gone into a very deep fucked up suicidal moment in their life and um no one knew what to deal with it there were breakdowns in the classroom afterward there was no discussion about what was just presented wow. one student quit acting right there he was like i'm done and this was wow. senior year last semester <laughs> this wow. was like oh my god this is what yeah one was just like i'm not acting anymore literally from that performance and we didn't know we were wow. shaking we just didn't know what to do do with that information and we just left and went to spanish you know it was just like yeah you just you figure it out because if you don't there's something wrong with you mm -hmm. you are not able to handle right absolutely it's, so, it's, it's just so, it's unreal immoral and unethical to do those things to to anyone let alone like developing minds and not you're not a certified mental health you're not a therapist like you have no right. these instructors I'm, i mean like you no preparation to deal with what might come up from these like yeah that well so that actually i wanted to yeah. ask you what why you personally your sos moment and when what really came down to you quitting acting and pursuing therapy um so
so like I said, it, it was a combination of a lot of little things. I mean, being pitted against my peers, against the other women in the program, I was always uncomfortable with that. Um, and then, um, you know, as far as my own mental health went throughout school, you know, I, it, Definitely, there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of struggling with self-esteem and just my own like relationship with myself, how I felt about myself started to become really problematic. And then um, I'd say senior year, as I'm sure, Alyssa, you remember, we had this big opportunity to take this like business of acting or mm -hmm. I, I don't even remember the name, but like some business class to really learn how to market yourself. Which was like right? way and too late too. <laughs> yes, right. absolutely. And, you know, I started, I remember them kind of explaining the syllabus of the class and like, we were really encouraged to take it. And I remember them talking about how essentially you had to make yourself this product. Mm -hmm. And that that really fucked me up. That whole concept of, okay, so I have to, regardless of my own personality and who I am as a person, I have to now market myself to please other people because, like, I, another whole issue was that who I am and who I was told I should, like, roles that I was told I should pursue were, like, mm -hmm. this, yeah, so... Um, yeah, that was a huge thing for me feeling as though, okay, now I have to essentially think of myself as a product that I am selling and not a human being. And I, mm -hmm. I chose not to take the class and I was one oh, of wow. the only people in my class, in my graduating class that didn't take Good it. For you. I couldn't do it. I, I, I was like, I really don't feel comfortable with that. I, I just, just so you know, it was yeah. not helpful. And uh, there's a lot of trauma that like, even people in my class still talk about from that class because really? of what they're told. Oh yeah. They were just yeah. like, you have too much fat in your face. You're never going to make it. Just know that. Are you for real? Uh, I, I have a laundry list, like a yeah. laundry list. You're too gay. <laughs> you're not, you're, 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 act, you're too gay. There's no Absolutely. way we, we can't make you straight for these roles. So like, you're going to have to work on how gay you are. Oh my word Lord. for word. I'm not exaggerating. So yeah. you didn't miss out. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know in <laughs> hindsight, but just, yeah. So what, ahead, how are the things that you've learned while becoming a social worker? How have they changed your view on the industry? Um, I guess your view was already that and that's why you did it or, but like have you in your work have you had any really big epiphanies um sadly yeah I'd say the more I look back on it in hindsight the more the more toxicity I see I mean I I think about how I mean that experience that you had Alyssa with um your peer who did a monologue or something about suicide or mm -hmm. about a suicidal Mm -hmm. experience um I think back to or I think about how there really should be a process especially in the educational 
realm of things where teachers need to get background information on students. Teachers need to get a mental health history on their students. It's incredibly inappropriate to be throwing such vulnerable, mature content at students who you don't know if that student has experienced trauma, has experienced sexual assault or rape. Or has, if they're currently suicidal. Exactly. It could, it could trigger. Absolutely. There's no time taken to really, you know, ask those really crucial, important questions. Like, you don't know if someone is battling depression currently or suicidal currently or mm -hmm. has a... It, it just... How... How... How dare you yeah. ask and have the expectation that you're supposed to be thrown into this, feel comfortable, you know, being incredibly vulnerable and, you know, out of your comfort zone in front of all of your peers and you're expected to just deal with it, mm -hmm. to just figure it out. Yep. Um, so that's been a huge realization is that, you know, I was fortunate enough that I have never experienced that type of trauma or, you know, serious difficulty with my mental health, but I don't know if my peers had. Maybe mm -hmm. that had a huge impact on how they mm -hmm. approached their classes. We don't know. We never will at this point, but, you know, it it's probably pretty common that, you know, actors have, it, have had difficulty, and so that has a huge impact on how they approach their work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you and you aim to incorporate like you're telling me like art and dance and and all that into into for your clients and what why is it so important to still keep that form of self-expression uh, when it comes to therapy? Um so this is definitely something I hope to do down the road. Mm -hmm. Um right now I am just conducting individual psychotherapy with adults, with kids, with teenagers, but my hope as, you know, I get deeper into my profession is to um, really have the focus of my work be art therapy, music therapy, dance therapy, um, because I do feel that there is value in it. Absolutely. I mean, I think back to my own experience and how it really brought me out of my shell, um, gave me the confidence I needed to move forward in a lot of different areas of my life it it really guided me and helped me in more ways than i can count so there is there there are benefits to it especially with children especially with mm -hmm. the special needs population mm -hmm. um and i think it's also could be a really great opportunity for adults who maybe have never kind of dipped their toes into an artistic um you know, field. So I, I just think that it is a really special way to learn communication, to learn self-expression, to learn self-confidence, self-esteem, to ease anxiety, depression, etc. cetera, mm -hmm. um, to work on PTSD. Um, there's been, I've been kind of diving into a little bit. I just started about how those that suffer from PTSD are, they're starting to do research on how normal psychotherapy, talk therapy, just, they reach a wall mm -hmm. where I don't want to talk about my trauma any longer. I don't want to, it's just like beating a dead horse. I don't, yeah. I don't want to talk about it any longer. And so 
we need to start to develop different techniques for helping people to cope with those symptoms. And I think, you know, running around a dance room mm -hmm. or, you know, expressing yourself through a monologue or through music could be an incredible way to continue that healing um, beyond just normal talk therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting too, because like, you know, we we're just talking about like the, how dare you of the whole thing with, you know, dealing with something that's so traumatic for a student and then just leaving it there and, you know, yeah. and that's a lot of teachers. Like I, there was this one teacher where it was like, leave your baggage at the door when you come into yes. my class. And then when you're doing a monologue, they're like, remember your grandmother died? Use that. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed oh my God. to do with this? <laughs> Absolutely. And so like, the conversations that I have with um, my close friends who were from the same school were just like, I feel like only therapists should be acting professors and teachers. That's, yeah, I feel like that's the case. Like, yeah. Like, do you, what do you think about that? Because I'm just like they I, I don't think the way the industry is now when it comes to uh, acting conservatory studios, whatever, I don't think they're prepared to actually teach and guide a student in the acting world the way it is now like do you think there should be like this overhaul the way i'm imagining it or like what do you think like what is the best way to go about this industry for actors today um i definitely agree that there needs to be some you know reconfiguration of how we approach acting programs i think that you know it going through therapy or just having your simple processing group after a class, it should be necessary, right? That, yeah. um, Molly, you, you said a few minutes ago about how, you know, there are healthy ways to go about it as an artist. Like, I totally agree that w within this really complicated industry, there are healthy ways to approach all of this. But it's absent. It's completely yeah. absent within programs. And so I think it should be absolutely necessary that after a class, we just have this group processing where if you need to talk about it, you can. And maybe or, that's where you know, a professional therapist comes in. The acting teacher doesn't necessarily have to be certified, sure. but sure. there needs to be not only access, I feel like access. to therapy, but, but like mandatory, like you're saying, yeah. that's a really good idea. Yeah. Absolutely, that there needs to be that access, like you said. I I think about how insane it is that the expectation that they hold students to, that you're supposed to be able to instantly access the most vulnerable parts of yourself on command without hesitation, um, you know, on top of all the other layers of performing of memorizing your lines and the way that you look and your costume and the stage and the lighting and the direction and, you know, a million other things. On top of that, you're supposed to on demand access these really, you know, complicated um, emotions and you're just expected to be able to turn it on and off whenever yeah. they want. Um, and it, it's just, it's insane to me to think that you have this expectation that, okay, especially at such a young age that you're supposed to be able to understand and replicate certain situations mm -hmm. when most of the time these students probably don't even have that understanding of that you know what i mean like yeah yeah you 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 don't know yourself and you're now right. you're now you're yeah you're being told to use yourself 
right. for this other character. It's so for a catharsis, there's all this like <clears throat> um, emphasis on getting into character, but getting out of character is never talked about. Mm. Wow. Absolutely. And it's so Absolutely. damaging. Um, before we let you go, I want to know, like, is there advice you, you would give to actors today about, you know, that or maybe are listening to this or dealing with <clears throat> their own things of like, where do I fit in this industry when I notice toxic behavior? Do I continue, you know, this industry acting? Do I continue going to the studio? Like what kind of advice would you give to those, those students or actors? Um, I guess first I would just say that you're not alone at all. I mean, that, that was really, like I said, a really difficult point for me is that I, f I felt that I was the only person that felt this way, yeah. which meant I must not be as serious as these mm -hmm. other actors. I must not be as dedicated to the craft as they were, <laughs> right? And um, just that you're not alone in feeling that way, that it's okay to admit that certain aspects of what you're doing make you uncomfortable or are confusing, um, and that it's okay to ask for help and to, you know, talk it out, process it. At this point, seek your own therapy. If you're in a show, in a production, you know, don't be afraid to admit that these experiences are having an impact on yeah. you, right? Because uh, how, how could they not? How could they not? Um, you know, and I, I think just really knowing that you're not alone and that it's okay to ask for help and to admit that you know, or rather that admitting that you are having this issue does not make you any less professional, any less talented, any less able to pursue this as a career. I mean, when I decided to go into social work that I was really scared I was going to be judged by my peers. I really thought, you know, oh, people are going to think I just gave up or that I, you know, I couldn't handle this cutthroat industry, yeah. I couldn't handle it. And I, I really was scared to be judged by my peers. So I'd say, don't be afraid to ask for help or to create your own opportunities to get help. Um, and to also, you know, be mindful that every single thing that your teacher says, we don't have to take it as truth. Yeah. It's, it's okay to question it. It's okay yeah. to, um, you know, think for yourself um, so often we see our mentors as, you know, on a pedestal, so to speak, and we really put our trust in them and it's okay to question them. It's okay to, you know, disagree with them. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. And even looking at your mentors, I'm thinking of college wise, like, you know, the teachers that you're put with, it's like, I think it's important to. And they might have, they might be great mentors. They might have really valuable things to say as well. But I think it's really important to look at that and actually think about, okay, I can take what I can from this person, but do they have the career that I want? Or do they have the life that I want? And for me, I, you know, I was like, well, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to be like a professor. I'm not trying to, not that they don't have the qualifications or they, like I said, they might have a lot of good things to offer they might not they might be all twisted like these people we're talking about but <clears throat> i think it's important for college students especially you know take things with a grain of salt and not discount them but also like i'm not trying to be sitting in a room like 
teaching 18 year olds how to like i'm actually trying to win a grammy so i I have to certain adjustments i have to make when when you're telling me what life is as a musician because your life isn't what i'm trying to build while i can still maybe take things from you it's just yeah it's hard to tell college students like you know your mentor your teachers aren't everything especially in the arts because it's a family it's a bonding community it's not like the business school so absolutely yeah i think it's interesting that you say that molly um and i'll make this fast too uh but like it's so it's so easy to to put them on the pedestal like brianna was saying because they might use all that manipulation tactic um and you might agree with me about like you know uh you know i know your grandmother died the other day use that or just like you know whatever manipulation tactics to get you to that catharsis and once that actor reaches that it's addicting right it's addicting Mm. to go back and and be and see the stars shining out of that mentor's ass because they got you to that moment now you're addicted and that teacher gets an ego boost right after that Mm. so it's like you know it's important to know that like this professor is not only manipulating you but like you said they're coming in with their own baggage too they can tell us to leave our baggage at the door but they've got their own shit and a lot of times and this is like diminutive so this is not everybody but i'm thinking about like all the asshole professors we're talking about (sighs) a lot of times um the reason that somebody is an acting teacher or a music teacher is because they couldn't fucking make it in the industry and they'll they'll use that against you and that's not the case for everybody and i'm just really coming at some of the ones that i'm like why are you why are you trying to like break these kids down and like it's because you were broken down and then you decided to work at a university like I, it's a domino that's effect. Mean. It, but yeah, it sure. is. It's and and I mean, my dad's a professor, not of the arts. But I'm like, you know, I like I say a million times, that's not everybody. But that is some of these people. And I saw it with some instructors where I was like, your bitterness that you're trying to like put onto these students about the industry, about the craft, or you're like, it's because of your own experiences. Like you said, Alyssa, it's your baggage. And so yeah, Brianna, like taking on your it's just you're right it's very important to separate that and and like take into account what you need and if you need help or if you're not okay with how things are going it's not a reflection of Uh, you as an artist yeah yeah don't think what they're saying is (laughs) right or a person right that Mm -hmm. it's not a reflection of you being less than right yeah (sighs) thank you thank you so much for being here (laughs) thanks for having me Thank you so much again, <sighs> Brianna. I am so glad to have had that conversation. We uh, continued that conversation for a while after we got off because there's just like so much that went down that we didn't even talk about that like kind of can't, but we can. I don't know. Right, right. And it's good. Well, a conversation can last a while. So um, if you have any questions and you have some personal experiences, please reach out to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It. And um also on the topic of extended conversations if you guys join our patreon um, you'll have access to certain extended interviews bonus content um like we said when we drop our merch um there will be special codes for those people so please join our patreon um for this episode we wanted to shout out the foundation for art and healing it's a nonprofit organization that mobilizes partners and the public to embrace the arts as a proven path towards improved personal and public health rooted in medicine and science they develop applications for utilizing creative arts expression as a remedy to national health issues 
Through collaborative partnerships and innovative programs, they serve communities by providing arts-based programs and resources that improve well-being. To learn more and donate, please visit artandhealing.org. Yeah, follow That's us a- on uh, Instagram at the SOS pod we're on youtube SOS with molly and Alyssa. you can see all of our beautiful faces talking to brianna rosado is literally jennifer garner's she does uh, look like jennifer garner so (laughs) there's that um (laughs) but yeah please subscribe to us review us it it helps us reach more people as molly said before we're on patreon y'all become a little patron for just a couple bucks a month and you're gonna get some goodies we send you some goodies Yes, we do send you some goodies. And they're in the mail, personalized. Personalized for you. And um, yeah, like we love you guys. Um, What else? I mean, please just let us know if you have any questions and concerns. Like I said before, like reach out to us. Mm -hmm. Um, We'd love to hear your stories because you are the reason we do this. (laughs) You're not wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm Molly Cottrell. I'm Alyssa Rosano. And here's to turning meltdowns into magic.